0: let's pray together dear lord heavenly father lord we we thank you um, for your love and your grace and your care for us lord we thank you that we can get together at this time to praise you to learn your words um, so that we can continue our faith in you lord and that we can grow closer to you lord at this time we we study your words and hear stories of what you're doing overseas lord That we pray that we'll be encouraged and inspired and challenged um, of how we can do um, your work here in our local areas as well as um, other areas of lives, Lord. We pray as uh, I share, Lord, that uh, I'll be faithful to your words and that you will be with us, Lord. We thank you, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just imagine as Tari Baptist Church and you have your service this morning and out there in the front, the police and the authority come and they said everything has to shut down because your license is expired or you don't have a license to operate your church here. Everyone had to go home. Now, how would you feel about that? sorry not good good, that's right or you find yourself in uh, yourselves in a place where there are no people around you who know jesus or who know about the gospel or anything about christianity or you find yourself a place where there's continued hostility towards christianity how would you feel Or during COVID and after COVID where people refuse to leave their homes and go and have a fellowship with people, go to church, have fellowship and things. How would you feel? Nog and I, we've been in Vietnam for three years um, and we started our work in Hanoi and moved out into Ho Chi Minh City. And that's the environment in which we found ourselves, where people the majority of the Vietnamese people have no clue, no clue whatsoever of what Christianity is all about, of what Jesus, or who he is, or their uh, proportion of the population who are hostile to God, or people who've never been to church before. There's, one, there's only one recognized church in Hanoi that we know of. How do you do ministry and, you know, share the gospel or do relationship with people in that environment? When Nok and I came to Hanoi, there was this fear. We landed in Hanoi in 2020, January 2020. There was this fear of this new virus that coming out of China. It's going to come to Vietnam and, and everyone was afraid because it was deadly and it was sick and, and that kind of thing. And you have to have all these social distancing and wearing masks. They, they were wearing surgical masks and not and I, before we came to Vietnam, we actually went to Bunnings and we <laughs> bought this heavy industrial mask from the painting section. And I said to Nok, those are not masks, ours the masks. <laughs> that was the environment that we were working at. And people were stocking up and buying food and, and particularly toilet paper. And I said to Nock, Vietnamese people, they don't use toilet paper, what is the deal here? we were stuck in our apartment for three months in a little apartments and we weren't allowed to leave our home we only were allowed to live once a week um, at, to a grocery store um, for an hour once a week and people as soon as they saw you they just turned their backs um, to you the only part of the body that we could see was just two eyes I said to Noc how are we going to do this how are we going to share the gospel to to the people in hanoi in this environment so we pray and we read our bible and we came across with this passage that i just shared to you i just read to you today of all the believers at the beginning when they got together every single day breaking bread sharing a meal together they listened to the apostles teaching and there was signs and wonders and all that was happening in that group. And I said to Nok, why don't we do this? And for, for the Vietnamese people, um, if you've been to Vietnam, they are incredibly hospitable. They would invite you into their homes and they'll, you know, you sit on the floor and you share a meal together and that's when things happen. That's when you get to know them and hear the stories and see what they're up to. And so for us, you know, if we want to do this kind of ministry, it kind of makes sense when we have people into our homes and share a meal together. And that's when we started our journey of doing house church um, in Hanoi. And how we did it was... So after the lockdown, um, we we met with this um, American lady who's been in Hanoi for 20 years. And she said, if you want to start your ministry start an English class because the young people in Hanoi they would just love to have the ability to be able to speak English fluently like yourselves and you've been overseas and you see what's happening outside of Vietnam and you would be able to offer new ideas and new way of living to these young people and where we lived, we lived among four major universities and there were about 40,000 young people in each university. So there's about 160,000 people right there, right next to our doorsteps, who have no clue what Christian, or what what the Bible is. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. So Nock and I, we thought, well, if that's what they want, then that's what we do. So we managed to find a, a coffee shop right in the middle of those universities, and we managed to negotiate to have a free room in the coffee shop, and they allow us to come in two nights a week, Monday night and Wednesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. You, you do whatever you like, and students come in, and you know they buy drinks, and they learn from you. Okay, we can do that. So stick a notes out in front of the window, free English lessons, Monday night, Wednesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Come. I thought to knock. I said to knock. I don't know how it's going to turn out because you know people weren't leaving their homes and they were afraid of having contact with people. How we can, you know, I'm not sure how many people is going to come. The first night, to our surprise, there were 15 of them came. 15. And I thought, this is good. You know, they, We'll get to know them and we'll get to, to build relationships with them. And Nock and I, we take turns to, to, to teach English and things like that. Um, and, you know, Nock has been an American, and I have been to Australia. There, there were constant arguments in front of the students. <laughs> this is not how you speak it. <laughs> this is not how you spell it. and That kind of thing. <laughs> um, but we had fun. We had really good times. And it went on for three months. And from 14 students, we got up to 30 to 40 students every night. Um, every week that they came and I said to knock this is really good. You know, we spend time with them We get to know them. We know their names where they live what they study and that kind of thing, but that's as far as it goes We, we, we just don't have the opportunity to, sh- to, to go deeper into our relationship where we can actually sit down and and start Sharing our stories and what we believe and, you know, what the Lord is doing and that kind of thing. How are they going to hear the gospel? Nox said, well, why don't we invite them into our home and have a meal together on a Friday night? Like what you heard in her story that she got invited to someone's house on a Friday night for free meal. And we worked out those uni students—they broke all the time. (laughs) So you said, if you said there's free meal on Friday night, guess what? They'll turn up. So we stick another note on the window of the cafe: free meal Friday night from six o'clock. Here's the address. And ten of them came. And we would just prepare a very simple meal: your your stir fry or your spaghetti bolognese or Thai food or whatever. Nok and I would we took turn to cook. And then we will sit together and then we had meal a meal together with these guys. And I said, you know, we said before we, we eat we would say grace because we believe in Jesus and and we're grateful for his provision and that kind of thing. And they said, okay, we do that. And then after a meal together, we sat in a circle and we'd play a bit of games, um, icebreaker, um, and get to know each other. And then um, we would share a very... Simple, short Bible verse or passage or story from the Bible that we picked up, five to ten minutes. Very simple because with these guys, they're unchurched, never been to church before, never picked up the Bible before, never read it. So if you want to do a, a, a one-hour Bible study, they won't come back again, right? <laughs> so just very short and simple. And then the rest of the time, at the rest of the night, we would allow everyone whoever wanted to share whatever's in their hearts, whatever's happening in their week, whatever happening in their workplaces or school or whatever, whatever they want to share. Unlimited time, uninterrupted. We wouldn't give any advice. You just, whatever in your heart, you just share, share your burdens. And quite often in Vietnam, people don't get to share, don't get to share the stories or, or the burdens or their issues and that kind of thing. They always keep inside them. So for, for them to be able to share that uninterruptedly, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And then at the end, oh, Nock and I, we, would, we also share transparently. We would say, oh, we had a fight this week and, you know, argument or, or whatever, or oh, we had these issues. You know, what do we do? How do we do it? And then we would said, you know, we would also pray. So everyone would share their prayer needs, whatever they have, Prayer requests whatever the issues or problems that they have and then we wrote down and then next oh, during the week knock and i we would take turn to pray earnestly for these prayer needs and then next week they come back again and then we have meal together and then we do the same thing and then we ask you know we've been praying for you you know these issues that you have how it's, how it's going what's going on with that you know has it been resolved or anything and sometimes they said, say, no, no, it's still going. No, I haven't heard anything or I haven't got anything. Or sometimes they'll say, yes, I got that job. Or I got that relationship mended or fixed or whatever. And that's when we are able to say, we've been praying to Jesus. And he listened to your prayers. And time after time after time, we are able to point them into Jesus and to the cross and said, you know, God loves the world so much that he sent his son, his only son, to the earth, so whoever believes in him will have an internal life. And that was like, they never heard it before, never heard that someone who loved them before even they knew him. Because in Vietnam the context of people are out there taking advantage of you, there's no unconditional love, there's no grace in that context. So it's for us to be able to share and and point to them to this Jesus who, who has this unconditional love to them. It's a transforming news to these guys. So for six months, these guys, every Friday, they would come to us. And they would have a meal and study the Bible and get to know about Jesus. So I remember that year in Thanksgiving, because not being an American, you know, we have Thanksgiving. And they said, oh, in Australia, we don't do Thanksgiving. We're not that thankful. No, no. <laughs> um, we have this Thanksgiving beautiful meal together, and we sat down and we share um, just one thing that you, you, you're thankful for this year. And most of them said, we're thankful that we get to know you and we get to be part of this group. And then one guy, his name was Don Tuan. He, when he first came to us, he was the one who, all he wanted to do was to make money. You know, how do I make money of this world? How do I become rich and, and all this material? But he was the first one who said, I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful to God because, you know, you've been talking about how God is love and how we can just see how much love that you guys have been pouring to us. We never fell off the chair, our chairs. <laughs> it actually works, you know. We're like, thank you. We are so thankful for you to, uh, for saying that. And so we would see God was at work moving among our house church members. We could see transformation, things that happened um, to these guys. Um, uh, you know, they get to know and learn about biblical principles. They want to help out and they want to do different things and things like that. I was like, thank you, God. He, you are amazing. You kind of open doors for us and that kind of thing. And it's just exactly what we saw in this passage where... The believers got together every single day breaking bread having meal together isn't that god wonderful next slide, please and then while we're doing that we had in our um we, we live in a little apartment about 80 square meter um, but we have about 23 high rises in the whole complex and there's about 40 floors per building so there were just so many young families with kids, and these guys are these y- young families are, are middle class, emerging middle class. They're working for the governments. They're lawyers and doctors and whatever, and they have all these young kids. And every time we go into the lift, go up to our apartment, knock and our. Sometimes we've forgotten we spoke English to each other, and you know, and those families they'll come to us and said, "We would like our children to be able to speak English like yourselves. Can you help?" And I said, "Oh," I, I said, "You know." To be honest, before coming to Vietnam, I didn't like children that much. <laughs> I said, no, no, I don't, no. But they all keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And Noc said, there might be an opportunity for ministry here. So we, 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 we worked with a local Christian lady, and we decided to open a kids' club on a Saturday afternoon. And the first, the first time they came, there were 40 of them came, as well as the mums and they wanted to go up, go up to our apartment, 80 square meter. Well, the good thing about Vietnam is that Vietnamese children, they're not that, you know, they don't take much space. So they all, <laughs> they all came in and, you know, they all sat down and had their afternoon tea and, um, and, and they followed the lesson plans and that kind of thing. Um, and, and we just had such wonderful time. That Christmas, 2020, they all came to us and said, we would like to do a presentation to our parents of what we've done this year um, what should we do and I you know we said let's do a, a, a skit or, or an, uh, a play and be, and in Vietnam Christmas is very commercial commercialized you know you always see Christmas trees and Father Christmas and presents and all this stuff there's nothing about Jesus nothing it's nothing so we said Let's do a Christmas nativity play. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. So we wrote up the script. We got the Joseph, your Mary, your wise men, your your angels, and even we have cows and you know sheep. And apparently the cows and the sheep were the most favourite um, uh, uh, plays. I said, why? Oh, there's no 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 line to remember. All you do is just moo and bah. Um, but but that time that christmas we invited all the parents camp 40 of 40 sets of the parents they came and they listened to the christmas story presented by their own children and that was the first time that these young families got to actually hear of what christmas is all about and we thought that was just wonderful that god used these children who are not Christian, who are not believers, presenting gospel stories to their parents. And we just thank you, you know, thank you, thank you, God, that that you you work in such a miraculous way, miraculous way. So we love that, we're doing that. And then next, here's a a wonderful story that I want to share with you. Next slide, please. Remember, when we read here, um, that you know, everyone was filled with awe and, and many wonders and science performed by the apostles. Yesterday I talked, to, or the day before, I talked to someone and they said, we just don't see miracles in science in Australia or in Western culture anymore. Or you don't hear about it quite often. I said, you want to hear about miracles in science? I'll tell you a story of, um, of, of this tribal group. It's called the Hmong people. Have you heard of the Hmong people? So the Hmong people, um, were, they are one of the 25 majority groups of people who live in the surrounding mountains in Hanoi. These guys, they live about 10 hours away from Hanoi, up in the high, high mountains. Um, traditionally, these Hmong um, people, they would grow marijuana and opium and they were part of the people who ran um, the Golden Triangle drugs and heroin and all of that kind of stuff and these people they got all sort of issues um, they faced persecution from the local communist government because during the Vietnam War they were supported by the um, American um, government to fight against the Viet Cong so when the communists came over or took over they were the one who were facing severe persecution uh, kids don't go to school you know, men stay at home drinking and smoking and bashing women and all, all, all these issues. But after 25, 30 years now, they actually are the most Christian group in Vietnam. Do you know, you want to know how the gospel went up that way? There was no Christian ministry, there was no missionaries involved, but the gospel has actually made its way up there. How, 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 how it worked was, the, in, the, in the Vietnamese government, there was someone who actually argued that the Hmong people, the, the, the reason why they have all these issues and they're hostile to us is that they don't know anything about communism and how good the government can bring to them. Why don't we try to educate them? Okay, that's a good idea. So they decided to send up radios up to these villages and up in the mountain because there was just no way they could go up there and live up there so they sent all these radios up so that every day when you tune in you can hear of what's going on in Hanoi and other part of Vietnam and how good the Communist Party is doing for the people sounds like a good plan? what they didn't know was the Hmong people or the Hmong people they don't speak Vietnamese and all the news and everything was in Vietnamese so they listened to the radio and thinking, it doesn't make any sense. But someone in the Philippines, happened to be Hmong and became Christian, saw it as an opportunity to share the gospel. So they stationed themselves in the Philippines, created this broadcast channel called the Words of Life and broadcasting from the Philippines into the mountains of Vietnam. And these Hmong people, as they listened to their radios, they heard this Hmong spoken, you know, their own language, the words of life, 30 years ago. And one by one, one by one, they became Christian. Now, if that's not a miracle, (laughs) I don't know what is. They became Christian and they gave up all these issues. They gave up all this smoking and drinking and... And they, they know, now they know how to read and, and read the Bible. And they all come together every Sunday to this uh, small house. We've been invited to that group. 200 of them, every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, they will have a service. So some of them would have to get up at 4, walk down the mountains to get to the church. And these guys, the owner of the house, decided they that they would just clear out everything they have in their house and make the room for people to come in and worship God. <laughs> now, that's exactly what I just read to you. And then we, we even had um, young families, Hmong, the Hmong people, um, because they faced quite persecution because they believed God and things, some of the houses got burned down. And and we would send up money um, and resources And things for them to build their houses but they will all get together they all get together as a village they're all chipped in um, to help build new houses isn't that god's good and then but the problem with these guys is that they are i said to the pastor you guys are just so poor you know sorry if i've offended you but that's just the fact you know, you guys are just so poor. How can we do this? How can we help you as an Australian Baptist? So next slide. A couple of years in, we, we, we sent up, you know, resources and books and clothes and all of that to the children and the women. We do all of that. And I said, you're still poor. How can we help you to fix this problem, this poverty problem, um, and lift you out of poverty? Um, next slide, please. Um, they pointed to us to these um, black pigs, um, and these black pigs are quite small, um, but they they they're basically are uh, domesticated um, wild hogs. The meats are very lean, and the women that they, know how to look after these these pigs. And it costs about a hundred dollars per female piglet. We said, if we want, if we can get these piglets. We'd be able to, to look after ourselves. So we said, right, let's see how we go. So we uh, wrote we back here to Australian Baptists and we managed to raise some money, and we started this pig loan project. Every family got given $200 dollars, so you'd be able to get two female piglets to start with. It takes about six months for the piglets to become mature. And then after or when they get mature, they'll get um, artificially inseminated, they get pregnant. Two more months, then they'll give birth to their own leaders. From the two female piglets, by the eighth month, they'll get about 20 to 22 piglets. And then we said, all right, because we gave you two piglets at the beginning, it was a loan, wasn't a gift. Now, you need to pick another family who are not Christian, who's part of, of, of your tribe or different tribes or in your village or wherever and give two new piglets that you just got to that family and journey with them, work with them and share with them. Hopefully during that process, you'll be able to share the gospel to them as well. And then with the, the piglets, they continue to give birth and whenever they need money for school or hospital or whatever, they'll be able to sell those piglets to get money as well as use it as an opportunity to share the gospel to other people who don't know Jesus. Now you see, in that village, you see local people, local Hmong people. They can't, they're still poor, but they, they can rely on themselves and be able to share the gospel to other tribes through the piglets. It's because of your support that we've been able to do that. Now that's another miracle. So we see God is at work and, and, and you know we just follow the Bible and 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 it's just flourishing over there it's flourishing over there um just and then we'll we'll finish in a bit um but next slide but while we're doing that um this guy wa van stone he 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 passed away in 2021 in ho chi minh city he was my spiritual father he 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 shared the gospel to me but he died in 2021 in ho chi minh city um but before he died he he started this vocational training centre for people with disability called the Company of Grace in Ho Chi Minh City. Um, and it's been going for, for a number of times and we see the impact of this work among the people with disability in Ho Chi Minh City. Now, if you, are, uh, if you are parents and you give birth to a child with disability, because of the karma, people would look at you and thinking you must have done something really bad in the past and the, people, the children with disability are your burden and there's nothing in the world that we can do to help you. So a lot of kids with disability, they'll get locked away or hidden away from, from the society, never got a chance to, to go and study and have an education. So a lot of them, when they grow up, they'll be on out in the streets begging money, begging for money and sell, selling lottery k- tickets. So Wa said, we should do something about this. So he started this vocational training. And we have people with disability come in and stay with us. They, 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 they receive their vocational trainings. We teach them English as well as the skill to teach English to other people because we worked out if you are a teacher in Vietnam, you are highly, highly respected. And now we have these this young, fa- young people with disability providing English classes to about 150 kids from the community who come every night to learn English. Now we can see in five to ten years when these kids grow up, their perception of people with disability will change. So that's a vision, that's a vision. Um, so we, we moved down from Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh City, started working at Company of Grace. Next door, uh, next slide please. And we started a house group, a uh, home group, um, at, at uh, a new building that we uh, finished building. Um, and we have single moms, um, we have um, young women who are pregnant um, before weddings, uh, before getting married, because in Vietnam, if you're a girl and you get pregnant before you get married, your families will go after you. So they'll either have an abortion or they come to us. So we have these people with disabilities, single moms fleeing from domestic violence, come and stay with us. And we do house church with these guys. On a friday night because we see the importance and the transformation that the gospel can bring to these guys so now we see and our hope when we get back into vietnam in about a week time um, that these guys they will be transformed and they will have a relationship with jesus and they will have the power to change the community in ho chi minh city and that's our our prayer request that you can pray for us when we go back to Vietnam. Um, And next slide please. We actually try to raise some funds to get a vehicle for the company of Grace because these guys sometimes when they go out for medical appointments or or when they need to go somewhere, taxi drivers are not too nice to them. And, And we want to be able to bless them with that and knock an eye and Maya when we, because we don't have a vehicle, we travel on a bike, sometimes it's not too safe. So we want to get a vehicle um, to work with those people with disability. And, and so there's a table out there with a bit of pop-up cards or 3D cards that we got from Vietnam. You know, you come and have a look and, and, uh, and make it happen. Uh, we also need to, you know, to, to, to pray, you guys to pray for us as we move, go back to Vietnam. Um, our funding at the moment I think is only 75%, so we need a bit of extra funding. Um, for our work in Vietnam. So if you can pray for that, that would be good too. And there's some um, prayer cards that you can take home. Um, But can I encourage you today, hospitality is such an important part of our ministries, opening up your home, invite strangers into your home and share a meal. Because we see it's happening and it's working in Vietnam. So thank you for your support and it's been great coming here and being with you guys and we look forward to coming back next time and and share some more work and stuff that God is doing in Vietnam. Thank you.